Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage and inspire you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Kiracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. We hope you like or follow this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you won't miss any of these amazing stories. You know, after Jesus rose from the grave, he appeared to his followers at various times. In John 20, verses 19 through 21, it begins telling of one encounter. The New Living Translation says, That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You know, at that time, the disciples were somewhat afraid and a bit bewildered by all that had happened in their world. But Jesus spoke peace to them, filling them with joy. Then he reaffirmed their purpose to be sent out to be witnesses of the good news of the kingdom of God. When we look at all that is happening in our world today, it it too can be overwhelming and it can be bewildering. But God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, still speaks peace to us and still has purpose for us. My guest, Belinda Thacker, who's the Director of Communications for Somebody Cares America, was sent out this year to be a tangible expression of God's love to earthquake survivors in Turkey. Previously, we shared her faith's journey on an episode that we titled In the School of Faith, so I encourage you to listen to that episode as well. But today, you'll hear how God called, anointed, and sent her out on a short-term mission of love to Turkey. Welcome, Belinda. Thanks, Jody. It's good to be back. Belinda, as you were seeking the Lord at the end of 2022 to hear his heart for you in this new year, he started speaking to you. What did you sense him saying? Well, actually, he started first speaking through um, my sister in a Zoom Bible study that she was in. She does an online study. And one night during a time of prayer, someone in that group heard a, a word from the Lord for people whose birthdays were on January 13th and um, which is my birthday. And what they heard was that if you get an invitation to travel internationally in the new year, not to answer too quickly, yes or no, which uh, sounds kind of vague, but I received it. And um, I went into the new year and I, it really resonated in me. And I really felt like God was going to open up some kind of door for international travel for me that year. So as I'm um, moving along in the new year, I, just had a sense to pray and uh, be ready for that when it happened. As is often the case, when we first hear a word from God, we really don't have any idea how it's going to happen. You had a few challenges standing in your way. So what did you do? I mean, you heard this word from the Lord, but you know, you had to start taking steps. And what were those? Actually, two weeks after my birthday, I did get an invitation from a friend who was going to to be going to Jordan in um, April. And it sounded like a wonderful, a wonderful trip, something I would love to do. And um, it was going to be a, a group of women. And I knew this friend who was who invited me was going to be leading worship at some of the biblical sites in Jordan. And another friend who I've known for years 
Um, she was going to be leading the devotions on that trip. And there was going to be lots of um, really adventurous times, too. And just really, it, it just sounded amazing. And my first response was, yes, I want to go. And my second response was, oh, no, I can't go. That's too long and too far and too much money and, and all these things. But um, I remembered that word was don't say yes or no too quickly. So I just began praying about it and processing it and and really had a hard time discerning for you know a, a few days what God wanted was the answer yes or no. I didn't want to make a, a no answer based on money because I know that God can provide if he calls. And I didn't want to say yes if this wasn't the trip that he had. So while I was processing that, I even journaled one night and and was praying. And I said, well, Lord, I would love to go to Jordan. I've wanted to go there before. And I love the Middle East. I love that culture. But um, I don't know for sure that this is the trip that you have for me. And I even said, if I could go anywhere, I would love to go to Turkey, which is where I was born. My dad was in the military and I was born there and had never been back since that time. I said, I would love to go to Turkey. So anyway, I still continued to process that over the next course of probably about two weeks I was processing, even got requested an extension on getting my deposit and the answer in because I hadn't heard definitely from the Lord. And then on February 5th, I actually did have a piece about declining it. So I um, drafted a email to the coordinator. I didn't send it because it was like 1130 at night and I knew she worked from home and I didn't want to you know, interrupt her with an email at 1130 at night. But I said, um, I've decided to turn it down. But do you ever do any trips to Turkey? So then the next day I wake up, it's February 6th. And I wake up and I pick up my phone to check the weather. And the first thing I see is the news story about the tragedy in Turkey, about the earthquake. And and like so many people, I was heartbroken over it. But at the same time, I, I just knew that this is the trip that God has for me. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. On, on February 6th, like you said, the day after you really felt the Lord said no to Jordan, um, this massive earthquake decimated huge region of, of Turkey and Syria. Uh, now, you know, going to an area that's devastated by a disaster is not something to take lightly. I mean, it, it is not a it's not a vacation trip. It's not, um, you know, you can't go and, and find a hotel uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging, but you knew that the Lord had called you to that. I mean, he had prepared you for it. He had prepared your heart for it. You, you, you even said, Lord, send me to Turkey if, if, you know, if you can. Um, so how did you prepare to respond to that in that difficult situation? Well, first, just connecting with you and with um, Doug Stringer and, and saying that I feel like we're supposed to, I'm supposed to go here and, since we do disaster relief and we have um, um, various partners who, who work internationally. And one of those was crisis response international. And, and I just said, do you think cry would let me go with them? And, and Doug answered and said, well, they have an online training and he contacted them for us and they sent the link for the online training. So um, that was my first step in pre preparing was to take their training, which um, was a lot about, um, chaplaincy about prayer, how to pray, what to pray, what um, what cries expects of their teams, and and what their method of ministry is, and um, and then a lot of just the practical things, like you said, you're going into a disaster zone, and and we we did have housing and electric and internet and and all those things, but um, 
still it, anything could have changed at any minute. There could have been another earthquake. You know, you don't know if you might get stuck somewhere, stuck out somewhere. So you have to be prepared for 72 hours to be self-sustaining and have a backpack prepared for that. So there was a lot of, a lot of things to be done on the front end as far as getting the training and then getting the supplies that you need to be independent once you get there, if necessary. Um, but then there were things too, with just preparing to be gone. I had never been away from my family that far and for that long. So there was a lot of things to be thinking through, especially since I'm in a, a single parent position, I'm not leaving like another parent who can just take over. I had to, had to, um, um, get a lot of things written down, a lot of instructions, make sure that somebody had um, um, permission if there was a medical need or anything like that. So I had to do some things like that. And then spiritually, too, just um, making just reminding myself that God had called me. I know that there was another earthquake two weeks after the initial earthquake. And so then people are texting me saying, oh, there was another earthquake. Are you sure you're supposed to go? But I was sure. So I if I hadn't been spiritually prepared and hadn't known for sure I was supposed to go, then that could have caused a lot of fear or, or um, um, anxiety or anything. But um, the way that everything had happened, I, I knew it was God. So I had peace. I would have had less peace about not obeying <laughs> and going than, um, than I had about going, even though anything could have happened while we were there. Yeah. So like you said, you took those practical steps to get ready. Uh, God took care of the finances in a miraculous way for you. Um, and he also had a spiritual anointing for you as well. I mean, you don't live far from Asbury and you had the opportunity to go there a few times and the Lord met you there. Share, share about that. I live about 20 minutes from Asbury and um, heard about what was going on. Actually the first day that it started, you know, the bust was already going around here and, and um, the, the pastors at the church I go to are from Asbury and very involved there and live in Wilmore. So I was hearing a lot, even that first day. So that first Wednesday chapel. So by Friday, um, I, I went for the first time on that first Friday night and just really felt the presence of God in a way that I had not experienced before. And um, even had, had, trouble even lifting my hands and opening my mouth when I first got there nothing would even come out the sense of the the Lord was so strong but because it was so close I did uh, have the opportunity to go even several more times after that and got to serve on the prayer team a couple times then um the last night that it was it, it was they had announced that it was going to be the last night there and I hadn't planned to go that night. I had invited a couple other friends to go watch it remotely at some places because they hadn't been able to go and it had been too crowded and, and overflow rooms were full and everything. So I had invited them and they couldn't go. And then the Lord said, well, that doesn't mean you, you, you can't go. So I, and I felt like the Lord was not just saying you should go. Like I, it was like, I want you to go and you need to go and I want you to get prayed for before your trip to Turkey, because this was like a week before I was going to be leaving. So I felt like the Lord wanted me to go to get prayed for. So I did go and I was in the overflow chapel and which I didn't realize was open to the public. I didn't even know if I'd be able to get in, but it was open to the public. And at the end of that evening, I'm still saying, Lord, who, who do I need to get to pray for me? You know, there's a prayer team and um, there were some leaders and things. And, and I said, who do I need to get to pray for me? And right after I prayed that, the man who was facilitating the service in the chapel got up and he said, uh, anybody who wants to get commissioned to go, 
there's going to be three of us up here and we'll anoint you with oil and we'll pray over you and commission you to go. And, and so that's it. You know, so I went up and, and got prayed for, and it wasn't a long drawn out prayer. It was just anointing my head with oil and saying, you're commissioned to go. But that was all, that was what God wanted me to go for. And so I knew that God had something that he wanted to me to take over there along with, you know, thousands of other people who had come there to take back what, what they had received to where they were going as well. Yeah. You know, it is so important when we go really anywhere, when the Lord sends us anywhere, it's so important to know that it's God sending us because our enemy, Satan, is going to try to distract us, try to divide us, try to scare us, try to trip us up in so many ways that we need to have clarity of vision and anointing when we step out to go somewhere. And we don't need to be fearful because when God sends us, he does anoint us. Right. But you were going into, you know, quite a devastated region and having that extra commissioning was powerful for you. On March 2nd, you joined the team with Cry and headed to Turkey on this 10-day relief trip. Just tell us a little bit about what you did when you were there. Well, there were three of us on our team. There were three women, which is less people than they normally like to send. And they normally don't like to send just just women. They like to have a mixed group. But um, that's just how it worked out for this trip. And it, it was just amazing. I had some great teammates. And um, one was from um, Iowa. And she's preparing with her husband and five children to be missionaries in Guatemala and open up a missionary aviation school. And then when we were in Istanbul, we met up with um, our other teammate who was from England and was coming to serve in Turkey with us. We got there. And then, of course, there was a a leader on the ground already from Cry who had been there since pretty much the beginning and and is still there now with his family. Now his family has joined him and they're going to be there long term. Um, But there was also uh, our host was there who was she and her husband pastor a church in Izmir. And she was there with um, two other women who were from Korea. So they all three spoke fluent Turkish and English, which was very helpful. <laughs> so she had uh, arranged a lot of food box distribution for us. So we had been picking up food boxes and she was the, our host was very connected in the community and so she had community leaders telling us different neighborhoods that we could go to that had a lot of need or hadn't gotten any help or even specific homes that had gotten a lot of need and, and not any help. So we did a lot of food box distribution. After they left, the next few days we spent building a shelter for a, a man whose home was too damaged for him to live in. He'd been sleeping on his sister's floor. We visited a lot of people. While I was there, Somebody Cares made a donation for us to purchase some mattresses, 100 mattresses that will be are being distributed to people in need who are sleeping in tents or sleeping on the floors of relatives' homes. And I got to go and actually help purchase the first load of mattresses and deliver the first mattress to a family. So, But there was also just a lot of time just to spend time with people. The people are very hospitable, always wanting to serve, serve their tea, serve coffee, serve food. And um, so there was just a lot of time just to have that ministry of presence and just to let people know that, you know, we've come from all over the world and we care about, we care about you and, and we're here to help. And these people that were serving you tea and serving you coffee, they, 
they had lost a lot. Exactly. Because you were in a part of the country where the earthquake had decimated the majority of the buildings. Right. And homes had been at least damaged, if not totally destroyed. So the opportunity for you to just spend time with them and let them know that God does care for them and sent you there to, to help, I am sure touched their hearts in a deep way. So share about some of the ministry doors that the Lord opened for you. As you said, we met some people that had had incredible loss. We met a woman who, when we were doing food box distribution, she had lost 56 family members. You know, she was a middle-aged woman. She had lost children, grandchildren, I'm sure siblings. 56 family members. And I, the funny thing was I had, not funny, but I had taken a picture of her during the distribution because she just, she was just dressed really pretty. And, but I could see like such a sadness in her face. And it wasn't until afterward that I found out that she was the same woman who had, who had um, experienced all that loss. And, and as she was talking with the person in our team who was ministering to her, she just, you know, kept breaking down in tears, of course, because she just had such a, a weight on her from, from all that loss. We met a woman um, at another location who had pulled 10 people out of the rubble of the apartment building next door to her, and none of them survived. Um, Most of them died after she got them to the hospital. The hospital itself was operating in tents because because it had been damaged as well. We met um, one family who showed us their son's bedroom where he and his wife had been, and how a slab of a wall, when it fell, happened to get caught by a washing machine, which left just enough room for them to crawl out. So that was the only way they survived because that washing machine was right in the the right place. And again, the people show us and they tell us these stories and they're just in tears. There's just a lot of trauma. There's um, just um, a lot of loss. But, you know, at some places you see people doing their best with a smile on their face to just get on with life and and when um when we finished the home of our friend that we built the shelter for his brother-in-law who had come out a few times to help with the project as well um invited us over for a celebration meal at their house and and um they had family there they had some neighbors over and i mean and it was like a celebration they had like two tables of food there was a lot of laughter and and even though we didn't speak the same language, he used Google Translate as best as possible. But we were eating and laughing. And and at one point, though, he said, you know what? We're bleeding on the inside, but we're happy on the outside. He said, what else can we do? He said, we've lost family members. We've lost friends. But our nuclear family is all safe. So we just um, celebrate the best that we can. So, Belinda, I mean, you that's tragedy. And you sit and you, you, you talk to them. But what do you say that can provide any kind of balm to those hurts? Well, I think the, the main thing is, is listening. And even with the barrier, the translation barrier, you know, you listen, you let them know as best you can that God loves them. Some people ask for prayer. I had one woman who was a young mom. And she just said, I'm just scared. She's just dealing with fear. So, you know, I prayed for her for God to just you know, remove the fear, fear of another earthquake coming, fear of more loss, fear of, of all this. And I think each each situation is just, you just got to really let the Holy Spirit lead. What what do you want me to say and, and how much can I say? But just by being there and just by letting people know that God loves them, whether it's in word or deed, it just means the world, means the world to people. Yeah, I think oftentimes we under 
sell the value of the ministry of presence. Right. Being with someone, being with someone in loss can provide um, great comfort to them. Right. Without a lot of answers coming from you. But oftentimes the Lord does provide an opportunity to just sow a seed that he will water <laughs> along right. the way and that he will. So, you know, you, you, you were able to sow those seeds strategically as the Lord gave you that opportunity. And what did the Lord speak to you during your time there? I'm sure, you know, you, you go and you minister, but God is always, gosh, when we're in, when we're in the middle of ministry, God oftentimes speaks most clearly to us as well. I think that just what you're just talking about now is one of the things that um, I had to let go of, of expectations when we do the cry training. There's so many testimonies about miraculous healings or or salvations or people being delivered from different things. And and so you want to see that, you know, you get excited and you want to see that. And we we did have the opportunity to pray for several people who needed healing, but you know, we didn't see anything. That doesn't mean it's not happening or it didn't happen under the surface or won't happen again. But we didn't see that or we didn't, you know, lead anybody to the Lord that we know of. But um, so I, and it's easy to get discouraged with that. But the the most important thing is just the obedience. Like you said, the Bible says that some plant, some water. And it's God who gives the increase. And sometimes God allows us to be there when he when he does the increase and when he brings in the harvest. But the important thing is you're obedient. You're obedient to go. You're obedient to pray for people. You're obedient to do whatever it is he says to do. And and um, thankfully, in this day and age, there's even some people that we're still keeping in touch with through social media. So we have a chance to even further those relationships like that. So I think it's important not to get discouraged. You know, if you're obedient, you trust God to do what God's going to do. This is a long term thing. There's teams coming in one after the other. And and um, he's going to accomplish his purpose. You know, he's got a, a purpose in all of this. And. And it's just trusting him as long as you do your part and everybody does their part, then then he's going to do his part as well. Yeah. And, you know, Belinda, we're we're entering a season when God's calling his people out from behind the walls of our churches into the world to be a witness during the covid pandemic. I think the Lord really kind of called people. To a time away with him. Right. To really develop a deeper sense of relationship with God. And we, I think so many of us sense that now's the time God's saying, come out, <laughs> come out now, come out. I've filled you. I've, I've healed you. I've spoken to you. And now I'm calling you like he did the disciples. They were, they were behind the closed doors. And then he said, okay, peace. And now I'm sending you. Would you share some of the practical steps that all of us need to keep in mind as we make ourselves ready and available to respond to that call. It likely won't be exactly the same as your call, but there's going to be something for everyone. And what are those steps, you know, that we can all say, okay, I've been, I've been sheltered. I've been in the four, I've been in my four walls or in the church four walls, but Lord, I'm ready. What, what do I need to do? Right. Well, I think one thing is we have to be connected. We need to be connected to a local body, you know, we need to be connected. For me, like I said, it was, I'm part of a ministry that's already doing disaster relief. And we were connected with another ministry that was sending a team over. So don't, don't neglect your relationships and don't take them lightly because God can use, use those. 
Um, if there's training, if you're somewhere where you can get any chaplaincy training or disaster response training, then missions training, then do it. Uh, in my first podcast, I shared how the Turkey earthquake in 1999 really got me into having a heart for missions and wanting to go. And at that time, I wasn't trained, but that prompted me to get my missions training from my church at that time, which later allowed me to go off and, and do other missionary work. So if there's training, go ahead and and, and get your training. Um, but I think just also just cultivating that relationship with him is so important, no matter where we are in life and just walking closely and listening. If I had not made the right decision about the Jordan trip, then it would have been a fun trip, but it wasn't the trip that God had. And I would have missed out on this one. So I think we have to be so careful to really seek God and make sure that we're following his instructions for what he has for us. Yeah. I know that one of the places I I love to travel, you know, I love to see new places and go to new people and people ask me, Oh, where's the favorite place you've been? And my general response is the next place I'm going to go. That's my favorite place. But I know that at one point I had really wanted to go to India. India just fascinated me. And I had the opportunity to go to India. I mean, I was on a team and I was getting ready to go. And, you know, it was a work team and I was going to get paid to go. Um, And I just felt like the Lord said, no, this is not your trip. And so I went to my, you know, boss and said, I think I need to stay here for X, Y, Z reasons. And somebody else needs to take my place. And so I stayed behind and, um, you know, I, it, I didn't know why at the time it quickly became clear to me why mm-hmm. the Lord wanted me to stay. And I was glad that I was obedient. And then years later I got to go, you know, in another context, I got to mm-hmm. go to Turk, uh, to India. It was, you know, a right. desire of my heart that the Lord fulfilled for me. Uh, but it is, like you said, so important to understand the timing of God, um, and not, right be swayed by our own emotions and our own desires, but to really set, to really submit those to the Lord because his ways are always the right ways. <laughs> well, Belinda, as we close, can you think of a woman in the Bible whose stories inspire or encourage us to respond to his call and, and how? Well, last time I was on your podcast, I responded about Abigail <laughs> and Abigail's my girl <laughs> again this time. You know, I just, I just love her story. I just love how, and, and again, she saw a pending crisis coming toward her household. She grabbed her resources. She took action and she went and she physically interceded on, on behalf. And, and she prevented a disaster from happening. And we're normally not in a position where we can prevent things from happening, especially when it comes to natural disasters. But but we can still gather our resources and go and stand in the gap for people who are hurting and, and in need. And so... So I have to go with Abigail again. Yeah. Yeah. She was in tune with what was going on around her. You know, she wasn't just in her own cocoon. She, she listened, she listened and saw and responded. Uh, In Matthew 10, verse 16, in the New Living Translation, Jesus said, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. There's a quote that says, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I found that to be true. So has Belinda. But God is always faithful to make a way where there seems to be no way when we in faith respond to his leading. He may not ask you to travel to a disaster zone, although you should be open to that. He may ask you to get involved with a local ministry or to help a senior citizen or a single mom or a struggling neighbor or something that's totally different. 
Are you willing? Are you ready to say, yes, Lord, I'll go? Take a moment and think about it. What is God asking of you? Belinda, would you pray for everyone who's listening to this amazing story and and for the people of Turkey and Syria who are struggling even to survive right now? I will. First, I want to share a few things about Turkey itself before we pray for Turkey. But um, some people may not know some of the um, significant places that Turkey has in Scripture. The Apostle Paul was born in Tarsus, which is a city in Turkey. The seven churches in the book of Revelation are all in Turkey. Um, We got a chance when we were there to visit Antakya, which was a city of 200,000 that was pretty much just devastated by the earthquake. But that is the biblical city of Antioch, which is where Paul was was trained. It was called the Cradle of Christianity. It's where the first followers, followers of Christ were called Christians. And it was known as a missions sending center of, um, to the Gentiles during that time. And it's um, considered a gateway bridging Europe and Asia and the Middle East. Sadly, today, according to the Joshua Project, there's 99.2% of the population is in unreached people groups in Turkey, this place which was once a robust sending where the gospel went to the Gentiles after the, 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 after the resurrection of Christ is now largely unreached. So um, I just wanted to, to share that. And while I was there, we, um, I, I did get a chance to pray over, I shared about the Asbury experience and our leader said, well, maybe you can pray over us before you leave. So I got a chance to do that. And um, while I was there and my teammates joined in with me in the prayer, just praying that Turkey would become like once again, ascending place and that God would use this tragedy, as, as our leader said, you know, this could be the time when people's hearts are so open that they're going to be open to the gospel if if the church steps in and does it. So um, anyway, I just wanted to share that before we pray. On another note, as you, you said, if the church steps in, we also, Somebody Cares, is also partnering with local churches in Turkey who are right. opening their doors. They are helping. They're reaching out. Uh, as as you know, we're trying to send resources to local churches who are helping people resettle and find shelter and groceries, um, and also some local churches from the region that are going in and serving in Syria, where the uh, earthquake damaged Syria too. So, yeah, the local church in those areas—I mean, they're small, but they're active, right. and we're doing everything we can to support their efforts to be the hands and feet of Jesus in their in their communities, in the midst of tragedy. And they need our prayers too. We got to visit a church when we were there that is down to two families because of deaths and people moving. And um, even the pastor had been through such tragic losses with his own family that the church sent him away to recover. So um, there's another couple that has stepped in and, and they're dealing with their own trauma and their kids are dealing with trauma. And, and um, the encouraging thing was the day that we went there, there were several other relief agencies that had come that day as well to attend church there. And so they had a full church for the first time in weeks. And one of my teammates even did a impromptu survey and found out there were like 13 or 14 nations represented there. So again, it was that encouragement that God sees you, God sees you. And he cares so much that this little teeny church in downtown Iskenderun, I'm going to send 14 nations to you just to encourage you today. So, so um, yeah, we need to keep the, the local church there in our prayers for their encouragement as well. Yeah. 
Well, go ahead and lead us in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that nothing in this life happens without you having a, a plan and a purpose to redeem it, Lord. And you can take this tragedy and you can bring such a beautiful redemption, Father God. You can you can turn hearts towards you, Lord. You can encourage your church. You can call people to, to go, Father. And Lord, I just pray for every person right now who feels called to go with us to Turkey or to Syria or to their next door neighbor, Father. We just pray that you would just, just encourage encourage each person, encourage each of us to, to go where you say to go, that you would just give us the, the words we need to speak, that you would give us the finances we need, that you would give us the, the assurance that we need to, to, that we're hearing your voice. Father God, we pray for um, all the people in this area who have been affected, Lord, the people who have suffered loss of life and of family members' lives and of property and and um, just a way of life. There's just people have lost jobs. Father, we lift up each person to you, Father God. And and um, those who don't know you, we pray that their hearts will be open. We pray that you would just arrange divine encounters for them to to um, experience your love, to, uh, to meet believers who will share the love of Jesus with them, Father. We pray for the churches of Turkey, Lord. We pray for the those who are, um, they're also suffering and yet they're serving their communities. And we just pray that you would send them the resources they need, the help they need and, and the encouragement that they need, that you would lift them up and build them up as well. Father, we thank you that you're faithful. When you call us, you equip us. And I, again, I just pray for every person out there who's listening, What, no matter what you're calling them to do, that you would just give them the boldness and the courage just to take that first step of faith, knowing that you'll meet them at that step and every step along the way. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you feel like the Lord is leading you to give for disaster relief efforts, you can go to somebodycares.org. We are still accepting donations for the Turkey-Syria earthquake relief, as well as tornadoes that re recently just ripped through uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, um, so if you feel like you want to give to disaster relief efforts that will go through local churches to minister to their communities, give at somebodycares.org. Uh, you know, we also have a widow and orphan fund, uh, where we are reaching out to widows and orphans around the world. Um, and if you would like to be a part of a company of women helping widows and orphans, you can also give at hergodstory.org. Um, and we can do so much more together than we can apart. Thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at hergodstory.org, you'll find scriptures and other information, as well as a link to the Crisis Response International Disaster Response Training. So if you're interested in becoming trained to be a responder, you, you'll be able to go to that link and find out more information about that. Don't forget to sign up for our emails and get a six-week devotional book you can download for free, or you might want to purchase a 12-week devotional book for just $12 knowing that all the proceeds will go to our widow and orphan fund. We'd love to pray with you also on our 24-7 prayer and text line. So give us a call or text anytime at 855-459-CARE. You could also email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Hebrews 13, 21. May God equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing 
that is pleasing to Him. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.